We hope you enjoy this podcast. With over 100 books under his belt, Bill Vincent is a true master of the written word. His works are a treasure trove of knowledge and inspiration, available at all major bookstores and online platforms. So, don't miss out on the opportunity to expand your mind and be entertained. Pick up a book by Bill Vincent today. I'm going to preach tonight. Some of you say, well, that's different. Hallelujah. After last Saturday night, man, I don't know about you, but there was a level of glory in, the, in just what God was releasing. It was taking us somewhere. And I really believe that God's going to keep taking us into that type of realm. Why? Because we are going somewhere. We are going somewhere. There is a vision for our race. I received a prophetic word in 1992. And this prophetic word said this. My son, I saw you going around a racetrack like you're going around in circles. And, and I have actually prophesied similar words to this because God, I know, speaks that continuously. But you feel like you're going nowhere. Nothing's being accomplished. You're not having an increase. But there is increase. There is an end to this. There is a place that you're going. You can't see it now, but one day you will see it. And I tell you, if we didn't have a vision, there would be death here. But we have vision because we're going somewhere. But there are things in our lives sometimes that try to hang on that don't belong. And I'm not just trying to, trying to talk about, take us back to the baby Christian sermon. Hallelujah. Even though I have half of that sermon I never preached. I could whip it out any time. But I want you to understand tonight that there is a thing in the spirit realm that sometimes just holds us down and we don't even realize it's holding us. And the reason why is because we haven't received the word Redemption. We haven't received what the price has been paid. We keep picking up something old because we're giving the enemy legal right. And uh, sometimes you just got to say no. Sometimes you got you to receive your revelation that you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. It's not about who you used to be. I know a couple of you in this place have made mistakes. A couple of you in this place have made mistakes. I, I know just a couple. Because a couple of you are so holy, you don't even know. And I'm not talking about your socks. Come on, hallelujah. Some of you, I want you to understand tonight, every person in this room needs to receive the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. A couple things over the next weeks I know God's going to tap us into, and this is the thing. Redemption, the blood of the Lamb, and the gospel. Why? Because it's going to be the, the, the thoroughbred of releasing the power of all of heaven upon us in this place. It's time for us to understand that without the power of the, of the gospels, without the blood of Jesus Christ, we cannot have revival. Without the breakthrough anointing, we cannot have revival. So there's so much that God's putting on my plate right now 
Why? Because we're about to hit the fast road. We've been on the frontage road with a lot of little bumps and, and a lot of little, you know, potholes. But God says we're about to veer off on an exit that's going to take us onto the interstate. It's going to take us to a place of fast pace, increase, more traffic, more increase, more, more going on than we've ever had before. And it is about to come. Hallelujah. And uh, I think as Christians, we know that, that we are saved only by grace. How many are saved by grace? How many need saved? Hallelujah. Come on, some of you need saved more than others. I'm, I'm serious. I don't care if you've asked Jesus into your heart. You can lose your salvation. And sometimes we forget the power in the simple truths of the Gospels. Some of us are always seeking about a revelation. Let's seek about the simplicity of the Gospels. Let's just go back to the simple roots. Why it all took place. What took place and why. And we miss out on the power that's available through the cross. See, the cross, when, God, when the Lord Jesus Christ, come on, we, this is a season for this, come on. When the Lord Jesus Christ hung on that cross and said it's finished, it was finished for you. It was finished for me. It was finished for every man, woman, child. I don't care who it is. It was finished that we may say that we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That when we ask Jesus in our heart and we repent and we keep our hearts right before the Lord, that we, we have something, there's power to redeem us. That blood never dries up. It will truly come alive in your life again when you remember what Jesus did. I was going through Bible school and I was dead as a doornail. How many has ever been dead in your Christianity? I mean, I was so dead I was playing around. I looked at other people's answers. Come on, I didn't even want to study myself. I just was like, really? It's that chapter. Hmm, cool. Hallelujah. Hope it's right. Who cheated in Bible school? Come on, I, I, this was only three or four months. Come on, I was saved part-time. And I was going through this training to be a minister. And I didn't even know what a minister was. I've got to be serious because here's... And all of a sudden, one day, one of the, we, had, we was actually forced in this type of school to do all the classes. It didn't matter if you wanted the classes. You could not opt out. And they were doing children's ministry. So we had to go to, even if we weren't called. And I want you to understand, I, that was the most gut-wrenching thing to sit through that class week after week because they would do the most annoying things I've ever seen. A whole teaching using a hard-boiled egg. You know, even back then, I loved to preach. I loved to hear the Word of God. But man, if you didn't have the word of God coming out, it, it was like, come on. Why are you even up there? Shut up. And I had this attitude. How many know, how many could see Bill with an attitude? Somebody say he still has it. And then one day, this teacher started teaching about the resurrection of Jesus Christ to, to children's ministers. 
And she started telling detail about what happened to Jesus. That whenever he received those stripes, that they were deep chunks of flesh ripped out of his body 39 times. So much so that you could see bone, that you could see vertebrae, that you could see inside of his body. And that that wasn't bad enough that he got put upon that old rugged cross. Come on, it was not a smooth board like a lot of the plays and the videos show. It was a rugged piece of lumber that just was not sanded, was not smooth. The kind you get a splinter just by picking that thing up. And I'm not saying all the details, but I'm telling you. And when they dropped him in that hole, I'm saying these details for a reason because there's power. When they dropped him in that hole, they were not dropping him or standing him up in that thing. They, they dropped him to where he would have to bounce that rugged back, that, that hamburger-like back, ripped to shreds, would go up and down on that cross. And the true text says that the guys on the side, they were just tied to the cross. They died by starvation. He was the only one nailed to it. Come on, I'm talking about true text. And because of the way you hang medically, it's been proven that the only way that he could have gotten breath is to pick himself up on that nail that was through his feet and pull himself up to breathe in and then pull himself back down. So the only way he could stay alive was to lift his rotted flesh up and down on that cross, considering more pain as he's bleeding out. Anyway, I sat through this class, so powerful, so powerful. I sat through this class, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Just the way that she did it, she played act as she did it. She used color red to emphasize how bad it was. And just kept getting worse and worse throughout the night. And there's so much more detail, I'm just not going to stay on it. Is it resurrected a deadness in me. It got that Bill kid that was playing around to realize there's a purpose in all this stuff. There's a big purpose. It's not playtime anymore. From that day forward, my D average was out like an A average because I changed just the way that I cared about things. I didn't care before that. I was just going through the motions. And I want you to understand what's so ironic is I made it through that Bible school, one of the highest positions, and then right when I was supposed to graduate, I was told to walk away without all the recognition from them because of their religion. See, I got resurrected so much (laughs) 
that I realized I was in religion. That woman preached so powerful that she caught me on fire. And I want you to understand tonight that we don't realize what Jesus actually did and what the price that was paid upon that cross. Some of you don't realize the price that was paid upon that cross. I, for one, am falling in love again with Jesus right now. Come on, some of you have even talked about, I'm losing my fight, I'm losing my love, I'm losing my passion. It's because you've got to fall in love with the Lord one more time. What did the Ephesus church hear? You've done many wonderful things, but you've got to understand, it got to the place that, that they... They left what? Their first love. And Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says this. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses. According to the riches of his grace. You know, we've been redeemed, which means, what's redeemed mean? Purchased our freedom out of slavery or to buy out. See, when Jesus was upon that cross, he bought you. He was paying a debt that you did not owe. I mean, we owed. He did not owe. And I want you to understand that's one powerful message. I've said this several times over the years, but when Eve tells God in the garden, Satan beguiled me, that word beguiled actually means debt with interest. It caused you to have a debt with interest. That's just one scripture that says we're really not supposed to be in debt. But also, that day, there was a debt that came on humanity that was more than humanity could pay. It was only going to be finally paid when someone paid the ultimate price. The blood also gives us forgiveness and cleansing of sin. The blood cleanses you. It redeems you. It washes it all away. How many repent too much? Come on. I want to, I want to be honest. Some of us have to repent more than we need to. What I mean by that is you have reason that you need to repent. Some of us should be a lot cleaner than we are right now. Some of us should be a lot cleaner than we are right now. We should not get delivered one week and within a matter of days already need delivered of something serious all over again. Come on. Aren't you excited? Why? Because we haven't received our true redemption. 
You give the enemy access to things that have already been paid. The debt is already paid. When you pay off a bill, do you keep sending money in? Come on, when the, when the bill's paid off, you stop sending them money. The debt's been paid. I want you to think about all this. And, and one, we have redemption. We have redemption. We got to receive redemption. And I want to say this this way. One, we have redemption. Two, we have forgiveness. You say, isn't that the same thing? I'm going to get into some stuff, I hope. These are similar but two different things. It all happened because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. This is a season we need to remember. I don't care how religious these Bible things that are supposed to be televised over this next couple of weeks is going to be on, on, on some networks or even on the Internet. I don't care if they're even religious. I believe this is a time we need to sit down, even the children, and say, come on, let's watch Jesus go through this. You say, why? It might not need to be the passion. How many know that one has some horrid in it? Come on. But I believe everyone should watch that. Why? Because we need to get that back in our heart, a passion for Jesus Christ, what he did, what he went through, not because he, he had to, but because he chose to. There's a glory called redemption. The word implies so much more than forgiveness and, and there's, or salvation. It means to be delivered from, rescued, brought back from slavery. See, redemption is more than, than, than just, just, just a being forgiven. See, how many know sometimes we get forgiven, but we still need delivered? Come on, anybody here? Is this the holy section or the non-holy section? Come on, tell me. You know, this is really what the church looks like. Which one is it, the wide road or the thin one? In the days ahead, we've got to understand that we've got to receive the redeeming blood of Jesus. I've said this before, but I've got to say this tonight. You don't know how free you can be. There's times in our life <clears throat> when you're going through things, you're always looking over your shoulder, wondering if somebody's going to catch you doing something. When you're doing things in secret, when you're on your phone and you're scrolling around, you don't want anybody to see it, you hide it. When somebody picks up your phone and you start manifesting because somebody picked it up, it's because there's something in your heart that is hidden. Yeah, see? Sometimes it gets us to a place to where we need to be more transparent when it comes to the, 
that everything in our life. When you get delivered and you get set free, you get to a place to where you don't have that edgy attitude anymore. How many would like not to have to blow up all the time? How many would like not to have to stomp around and throw fits because you're so angry? Come on. I'm not preaching this for the CD. Sometimes we get so upset about something that is really nothing. The purpose of being redeemed is that you can have freedom from judgment. Listen to these words. Listen very carefully. Some of you are living a life of judgment. Not freedom. You're living a life right now to where you are actually receiving the very judgment as though the price had never been paid. You're living right now a given enemy, the enemy, 100% access to say, do what you want, how you want. I'm just going to keep going forward, but I'm, I'm just going to have to go through this and have to go through that. Come on, that's what... People were like before Jesus died. Look at the disciples before Jesus died compared to after he died. Come on. You say, why? Because that was their redemption. Biblically, we are supposed to be living a life of liberty. You can't celebrate and be in liberty when you're still in judgment. When you are redeemed, everything in the garden is supposed to be redeemed back to your life. Total provision, total increase, total cleansing and righteousness. Redemption is an act of buying something back or paying the price to return something to your possession. And we know that the blood of Jesus was the purchased price for us to be redeemed. See, when Jesus bled and died, I want you to understand there was a price being paid. It is finished, paid in full. The purchase price was for us to be redeemed from sin, all its power, which includes sickness, disease, death, and poverty. Some of us are living in judgment to where the enemy has control of your money. We weren't purchased as a slave to be a slave. 
We were purchased as a slave to be free. For he rescued us from the domain, which is authority, of darkness, and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. I am a possession of God. Think about that. You are a possession of God. Some of us say, well, it's my job, it's my house, it's my business, it's my way. That's the problem. You are a possession of God to be free, but at the same time, you're a possession of God to be accountable. Every time you try to do it your way, you get behind, don't you? You know, when Jesus talked to the disciples about his death on the cross, that wasn't all he talked about. He also talked about what the reasoning for it was. There was more to Jesus just dying. Christ Jesus gave his life as a ransom or payment for many. That's in Matthew 20, verse 28. And by that ransom, he worked for us a great redemption, and he paid that price. God said tonight, he said, I'm about to release fruit of redemption. Do you know what the fruit of redemption is? Healing, salvation, breakthrough, increase, all that we could imagine. It's like the spirit of revival. Redemption is the legal access or identification of being in Christ. And I want you to understand, we have legal benefits because of the redeeming blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus made you kin. The blood of Jesus made you kin to the Lord. When you're a kin of the Lord, you actually receive the inheritance of being a child of God. The blood deals with what we have done. The cross, which is the redemption, deals with <laughs> what we are. Somebody hear that? I know some people are getting distracted, aren't paying attention, but listen to this. The, 
The blood deals with what we've done. It washes away without sin, that stuff, that junk that's in our way, that, that has brought us to, to all kinds of condemnation. It cleanses us and redeems us. That's what the cross is. And I want you to know, as that blood is so powerful, it is powerful and it does deal with everything. The cross steps in and it begins to deal with exactly who we are right now. Why? Because first you get forgiven and then you get put into position of who you're supposed to be. Why do you think he says to a thief, today you'll be with me in paradise? As he's dying on the cross. Why would he say that to somebody who's dying on a cross? That man received redemption. As Jesus was releasing his blood. One time I was looking at that. I used to draw a picture with the crucifixion. I was just staring at it, and I saw on the left side as the one that spoke up and said, this man has done nothing wrong. And God said, he said, this man was redeemed as the first man to receive salvation through the blood. He was the first blood-bought man. And again, one was, one was blood-bought and one was not. One saw heaven and one saw hell. See, that blood of Jesus Christ can choose where to go. Doesn't have to go in our lives. Doesn't have to redeem us. Doesn't have to bring us to redemption. Doesn't have to cause the forgiveness of sins in our lives. The blood of Jesus chooses to. Some of you in this room, <laughs> I got to do this. You think you chose when to come back. The Bible says he already had it down. He had it wrote down the first time, and he had it wrote down the second time, and he'll have it wrote down because you ain't can't leave again. No, he writes it down. It's already, it's already a decision made. In fact, God made that day when you came, the day you were coming. You didn't choose to come. He chose for you to come. Why? Because that blood is so powerful that it looks to bring us to a forgiveness and repentance of sin. <coughs> the blood deals with this stuff, and I want you to understand. I got a few points I'm going to get into real quick. The first one, redemption is our claim to the righteousness of Christ. We stand before God right and, 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 and with no sense of guilt or shame, without any condemnation. Redemption 
brings righteousness. Righteousness, true righteousness in the simplest term is you have no guilt of anything you've ever done. It took me a long time to get that real salvation in righteousness. Unlike some of you, I've done some things that I should not have been forgiven for. But that blood pays the price no matter how many digits you have. Come on. That blood of Jesus Christ pays the price for you no matter how much debt is really owed. The second one, we are redeemed from the curse of the law and we are we are made now to receive the blessings of Abraham. See, the enemy wants you to be cursed and be brought back into that decision of just not receiving the redemption of Jesus Christ of exactly what was paid for you and that in itself causes you not to receive the blessings of Abraham. We're not blessed many times because we're not living redeemed. When you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you receive the blessings of Abraham. Because it's a kin thing. Some of you in this place, you lose your salvation daily. Come on. But you get it back daily. Some people don't get it back. Some of you, God's crying out for you to start talking to him. You got to open your mouth up and actually talk to him. Some of you in this room, you're getting bored on God. You know why? Because you haven't found the redeeming blood of Jesus yet. Next time the kids want to watch TV, I think we ought to watch The Passion of Christ. You watch two hours of that, maybe you'll watch some different shows. Come on. See, the thing is, sometimes Christians will call you. They'll talk to you on the phone. They'll get on there and they'll try to condemn you to death. You know what that is? That's a devil that doesn't have the redeeming blood of Jesus in their life. See, the redeeming and blood of Jesus causes you not to live in shame or guilt. It causes you to live in confidence that you are who you are. You are a child of God. Hallelujah. Those that have received the redeeming blood of Jesus have their helmet of salvation in place. They know who their God is. And they know who they are. And they're not going to be swayed to and fro just because some religious no one knows. Just because to tell you something that you begin to get pushed back in. Even sinners that try to compare your Christianity. I've had them do it. I've had, I've had worldly people shove me, and then when I get ready to peel their head back, they're like, look at the Christian now. Come on. Come on. That's what they do. But let me tell you something. The blood of Jesus has already cleansed me. When Peter ripped off the soldier's ear with the sword, I want you to understand that blood of Jesus, when it poured out, redeemed him. 
going to stay here for a second. This one bugged me when God told me this. When, when the Lord put his hand over that soldier's ear and that ear put back, here's what God said to me. He said, you know, when, when he did that, if that soldier had any irregularities in his ear, it was healed. Before it was cut off, if there was anything that was settling in of deafness or old age or, or any, any kind of uh, chemical problem, any wax buildup, any, anything wrong, anything whatsoever, anything that was whatsoever wrong, when the Lord went over his ear and that ear came back, he was made whole. Come on. Come on. That bugged me for a while. I'm like, come on, God. That's not even a Christian. He said he was after that. You say, oh, I find the scripture for that one. Come on. I don't know about you, but that's going to save me. I don't care how hard a hearted person I've ever been, man. If I had an ear cut off and the Lord put it back the same moment, that, that puts salvation in your bones. Come on. The next one is, by your blood you are ransomed, people, for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them a kingdom and priests. See, I want you to understand, I don't care who's come against you. This is from the uh, Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. I don't care who has come against you. The blood of Jesus has redeemed you from your past, from who you used to be, who you used to be associated with. Come on. We've got to understand that. Sometimes we don't receive that. See, some people are trying to get us to go back to that old life, saying, we we're, we haven't gone anywhere in five years. Guess what? We have. Heaven has noticed. Heaven has sent workers on our behalf. Heavenly hosts are here for us in the service. The redeeming blood redeems you. Ransoms you. From every tribe, every language, every people, every nation. The next one, one of the greatest benefits of redemption is that I am my own. I am not my own. I am bought with a price. I'm adopted. See, before Jesus, we're all orphans. Before Jesus, we're all orphans. Some of you need to get this a little bit. I'm going to stay here for a second. We're in a nation of a fatherless generation. There's a lot of dads out there that aren't living a life the way they're supposed to be living. There's a lot of mamas that's having to do it all because there's no dad in the picture. I'm not saying this to condemn your dads. I'm not trying to put down your dads, but that's just a fact. See, my dad passed away when I was six years old. 
So I didn't have a dad my entire growing up. And every time my mom met somebody, it was my new daddy was coming. And how many know that was not going to be my new daddy? I began to rebel against that. Especially when there was about 12 of them. And how many new daddies does a guy get? Is it a weekend daddy or a Sunday daddy? Or am I going to get to have this one for three months? Come on. It gets old for a kid. Nobody knows that except a child who goes through that. Redeeming blood of Jesus redeems a, uh, redeems a son. When you become born again, those that have not had parents the way a lot of people have had parents, I believe just receives a little something, something extra. Come on. One of the first most powerful words, and I know some of you have heard this type of word as well, was this. I heard this. I'm going to be unto you the father that you need. Come on, that is a powerful word. And man, I want you to understand, it is a time of adoption that takes place. <coughs> the next one. Healing through the redemption and covenant that was made in the blood was a part of the blessing of the cross. It was a part of being redeemed from the curse of the law. And I want you to understand that there's a lot of people that preach the cross, but they forget about the healing of the cross. When sickness tries to come upon your body, you need to declare the cross has already paid that price. Come on. Now, don't get me wrong. Every once in a while, we'll all have a sniffle. We'll all have a little cough. But I want you to understand when it comes, I believe even that we can have a, a redeeming blood of Jesus over. But when it comes to anything that's going to set you back, I want you to understand we need to declare the blood of Jesus. When you go to a doctor... Especially nowadays. They curse you all the way to the wall. I've said this before. They ask me how my family's been doing. If there are any cancer in my family, I'll be like, no. Any diabetes? No, because I'm, I'm not of this family. I'm of that family. Hallelujah. Come on, there's no cancer in heaven. Come on. Hallelujah. There's no diabetes in heaven. Hallelujah. Come on. There's no penicillin in heaven there's no insulin in heaven nobody's got to walk around with these shots in their packs somebody hear me you say oh that was lying I've even told them up, up front I said oh, yeah, I'm not of this kingdom they probably put it down in my chart or something no the hell it Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep an eye on this one. 
Jesus bore our sickness and disease, and at the same time that he bore in his body our sins. See, he took it all, our sins and our disease and our sickness. Look at that scripture. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. When the evening came, many who were possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all that were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and bore our diseases. See, when we watched that little play, some of us, this last weekend. Some of the most exciting part was when Jesus was going around and healing a blind, healing a leper, healing somebody who was crippled. And that religious church was not excited enough. Come on. I understand it was theatrics. I understand when, the, and when he raised the child from the dead. I want you to understand there was just a power in that atmosphere. Hallelujah. If, if right at that moment with no blasphemy against the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus, actor Jesus, could have that moment begin to pray for the sick. And people could have got healed. They could have paused the play right there and say, okay, before I go get resurrected, let's go ahead and have a healing service. Come on, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it was. It matters about what was taking place. Come on. How about a play with action? Come on. Come on, it's the last day. What are they going to do, fire them? Hallelujah. But I want you to understand that, that that power that we saw, even in that type of play or in the movies or even reading in the Gospels, when Jesus spoke a word, they were all healed. He healed all that were sick. The word infirmity in the passage here means disease, weakness, frailty, or sickness. Also the word here, he took our infirmities means to lay hold or to take in order to carry away. See, when he t carries away your infirmity, it's like he goes up to you and he grabs it and he takes it away. He carries away your infirmity. See, some people don't let it go when he's trying to take it away. I've had people freak out when they get healed. What am I going to do in my parking? I'm going to get new plates. i got a wheelchair on my plate. Well, God forbid that you have to park somewhere else. There's too many people who aren't handicapped that are parking in those spaces anyway. I know some Jezebels and some 
preachers and ministers and people in ministry who used to go to the doctors and fake sickness just so they could get a front row parking at stores. Oh, I'm having trouble breathing. I'll just give you a parking thing. Okay. Thank you. And some people on Black Friday, praise God, they get out of the car and run in the store. Come on. We wonder why we're not receiving the redeeming blood of Jesus. You can't receive the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ when you're being fraudulent. When you're being a fake Christian, when you're living two lives. I want you to know, some of you children, there's something about to happen in the schools. If you just begin to realize the redeeming blood of Jesus that has took place already in your life and begin to receive it, you're going to be a shining light in the schools. You're going to open your mouth, and people are going to begin to follow you just as they follow Christ. We're to receive a covenant promise. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 5 says this. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered uh, him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our infirmities. The punishment that brought us peace, shalom, health, well-being. I'm, putting, I'm just adding to that. That's what it means. Was on him. And by his wounds, which is all soul stripes, we are healed. He bore in the Hebrew means to take away one's sorrow or grief. See, I want you to understand, when you receive the redeeming blood of Jesus, you're not just receiving your healing. You're not just receiving your salvation. But you're also being healed of the old hurts and wounds. Husbands and wives, I'm going to deal with you. When you do something, sometimes the other one gets mad in a different way because, not because of what you did, but because of what others did also. Sometimes you have so many wounds, you operate out of that wound. And I want you to understand tonight that when we are really redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, He heals the broken heart. He binds up the wounds. You are no longer who you used to be. He takes your baggage. See, the blood of Jesus takes all the baggage. Don't say well. In, in, in Hebrew, uh, the word implies sickness, disease, and pain, both physical and soul. The word for sorrow means to have physical or mental pain. The word healed is rafa. And the Hebrew means to make one health or to cure. It can also be a gradual process 
when we receive the, the full manifestation. But I want you to understand, some of you have had mental healing you've needed. See, if you live who you used to be, you can live from your mental instabilities. And you start thinking, oh, something must be wrong. I'm going through this again. That's not redeemed. That's still living in judgment. Every time you open that door back, you are given the enemy access. Every time you open that door back, you're given the enemy access. You might as well just open the door and say, come on in, devil, and do me. There ain't no well. The word used for stripes in this verse means to bruise. Jesus bore our sickness. See, I believe the true definition of Jesus being crucified, the true definition of him being whipped was not only not only did he receive the ripping of his flesh, but also the very impact did something. No physical man can take that many hits and not have something broken internally. And when they gave him the sponge of vinegar, that was just ice into the cake. Some of you want to have a little fun when you get home. You ever have a hangnail or something? Just pull it back a little bit and take a little vinegar and put that in there. Just go ahead and play with it. Imagine a sponge being slapped in the mouth of a person who's been ripped to shreds. Because sometimes when you're gyrating in pain, what do you do? You pull away. I got to do this. You pull away. When you're gyrating in pain, you pull away. You're tied to a th thing, and you pull away when you get hit. Is that right? If you get hit on this side, you do that. So when the whip came again, it would get you more in the front. And then you pull away again, it would get you in the front again. See, his whole body was exposed. And true interpretation of Scripture, he was naked on that yeah. cross. Of course, you probably couldn't see anything because of the blood and the filth. Tell me the blood of Jesus isn't redeeming us. See, some of us are just mocking the very redemption of Jesus Christ by living in judgment. He pays a price and we're not receiving it. See, tonight it's time for us to receive the benefits of the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. It's time for you to receive the benefits of the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. It's time for you to receive the forgiveness of sins but also the redemption that is owed to us, that is due to us. Redemption, it means you shut off everything that you've already lost because you are now overcome.
See, the word says you overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Why? Because you have gotten over all that stuff. Every mental history is broken off your life. Every physical diagnosis is broken off your life. If you have low blood sugar, it's broken off your life. If you have some kind of disease, it's, it's broken off your life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Every sin, every per, pornography, uh, just demonic, twisted spirits, sexual spirits, all that has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, has been cut off of you, and that blood has cleansed you from that stuff. Come on. To have redemption is to have been forgiven. Be righteous. Have peace. Have the Holy Spirit. Reconciliation. Freedom. Adoption. Be holy and justified. And I want you to understand, this is the blessings of redemption. The final act of redemption will be your body. Your body is the final redemption. You say, why? If you have wounds in your life, your physical body can be healed because the wound is access for the enemy of judgment. You can't be set free physically if you have unforgiveness in your life because that's sin which gives the enemy access for judgment. If you give legal access to the enemy, you give him access. He has a God-given right to do what he wants. He has been allowed to do what he can do if we give him access. But the blood... The blood of Jesus Christ has already paid and washed and cleansed and set you free and redeemed you. So when you don't have any unforgiveness, when you don't have those secret sins, when you have the closed doors, when you have those things that have been healed in your life and you're not looking back anymore, you're not going back to those old things. You're not having those grudges anymore. You are closing the door to the enemy. So from that day forward, the devil has no access to you. Access denied. You have no more. You can't go any farther. You can't have access to this one. This one's mine because I paid for it. It's only when we give him the allowing. You say, oh, that's, that's, that's malarkey. Look at your life. You know when you sin. Most of you in this room, you know when you sin. Some children try to not know, but they know. I don't know. Don't tell me you don't know. You know what the biggest thing that gets these children in trouble today? Respect your elders and honor your father and mother. You say, why? Because that's a sin. That's a sin. And that gives the enemy access. Aren't you excited? Remember how precious the gift of redemption is. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold 
from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood of the Lamb. Come on. I want you to understand tonight, there is something that needs to happen in our lives. We got to take the price that has been paid for you. The price has already been paid. It's been paid in full. Ah, I got to stay here for a second. Men, the Bible says you're the priest of your house. Come on, I'm talking myself. Husbands, we are the priest of the house. One, we have to love our wife like Christ loved the church. In the Bible, I believe if we don't love our wives the way Christ loves the church, I believe that's a sin. You say, why? Because God didn't ask us to do it. He commanded us to do it. <laughs> but also, I believe that if we have an open door, we do something, we, we, we hold on to something that we're not supposed to hold on to, because we are the high priest of the house, we also can be the full access to the house. That we open the door that the enemy just has access. We can get on people in your family. If I see somebody getting upset, and somebody else getting upset and doing something, and somebody else getting upset and doing something, I don't look at them first. I look at me first. Somebody ain't liking this. I don't care. And here's where we're going. Why? Because you say, oh, that means they just get, the, get off and just think, well, I, I'm the one. No, that's not all the case. But right now, that's just the first crossing. Once you shut that door, if things aren't changing, then you can deal with the issues within the individuals. You ever see demons pass around? One kid's having fun doing nothing, just playing around. Another kid comes home, and all of a sudden, bam. Come on. How many of you ever was doing really good until till you walked in the kitchen? Not trying to be too specific. You felt really good, like you're coming down from cloud, supernatural. You walk in the kitchen, it can almost mess you up. Lunch used to really mess you up. I'm not trying to, this is not to put you down. This is to get you broke free. Because there's a part of you that, thank God you got saved when you got saved a long, long, long time ago. Thank God you got saved and then you got born again after you got saved. I mean, it's religion and you got saved, really saved. Hallelujah. Had a guy send me a book request and he's, He's like, I'm a Catholic, Roman Catholic believer. And uh, uh, that's what I grew up in. I go, and he goes, I'm a Christian. I'm like, well, there's something off here. Hallelujah. You can't do it all. Hallelujah. You got to, you know, pick one. Hallelujah. And then, and then he goes, then I found Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and got born again. So that's how I became a Christian. It's like, all right, we're doing good now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. After some of the books I've been offered lately, hallelujah. I just, I'm just glad to see somebody got saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but I want you to understand that sometimes if you're not living in a redeeming blood, your family can set you off. Listen, they can't push your buttons if you've been redeemed. 
it's a bad word, ain't it? And you point at her. You're thinking the th- same thing. You can't blame others for pushing. In fact, I've heard people say, you're just pushing my buttons. You know that they're my buttons. Well, guess what? If you are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you wouldn't have buttons to push. Come on. Come on. Come on, preach it, brother, sister. Go, go, go. We got to receive the blood of Jesus Christ tonight that redeems us, that shuts off the access, that gives off every open door to the enemy. Men are going to close the doors to the family. Everyone in this room are going to close the doors to to disrespect and and give honor where it's supposed to give. Come on. Now, Ah, blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna, I, God just say, talk about that for a second. Children, you can disagree with your parents. But you got to honor them. If you want to keep that door 100% shut, you have to give honor. Doesn't ma- matter if you disagree. It doesn't matter if you want to have a discussion. A discussion is not dishonor. But if you begin to scream and shout, that's dishonor. That's disrespect. Receive it. Why? Because we have to honor. Somebody has to hear this. When God manifested on me in, in Litchfield and began to show up and make me a sign and a wonder right there in Litchfield, Many of you have seen that manifestation just remotely, but nothing like it really was taking place. Before that could take place, God said, I need you to do something before I show my glory. Some of you probably think, oh, that means you had to finish something. You had to get something done. You had to do this. You had to do that. No, here's the first thing I had to do. I had to honor my mother. I had to go to my mom as a grown adult man and tell her I love her and I hold nothing against her for all the years of pain and discord and hardship. I'm not saying you have to, but I'm saying this is the price I had to pay. You say, why? It wasn't about her. It was about me. And I had to receive the full redemption of the blood of Jesus Christ in my life. And there were things that happened in my life over that next two years that were un, unreal. Even when I read the, some of the little bit excerpts out of my books, I just read a little bit of the memories. It just begins to blow my mind that I even experienced some of the stuff that I experienced. And I want you to understand, sometimes you don't realize how powerful the redeeming blood of Jesus is. You were bought with a price. Now if you were bought, what are you going to be good for? 
I don't know about you, but I got a, I got a lot to be thankful for. Despite all the way I lived, all the damage I did in other people's lives, all the hatred that was in my life, every lie, every cheating, every stealing, every thing that I did to harm somebody's life, within one day, that price was paid. Because that's how much he loves me. And that's how much he loves you. I want us to worship a little bit tonight. I want us to worship a little bit tonight. I'm serious about this season to really embrace the blood of Jesus. You know, we're going to be back here tomorrow night, and I believe this next couple of weeks is a pivotal weekend that is coming up because next weekend is going to be Good Friday and then Saturday night, and then we're going to be back here Sunday night, 6.30. We're going to have a special Resurrection Sunday service. And the resurrection word is because that's the day Jesus, the stone, was rolled away, and he rose. Come on. I want you to understand, it's time for us, some of us in this place to get our stones rolled. You need that dead covers in your hearts rolled away. You need them rolled away. Before it's too late. Come on, let's worship. Welcome to the end of this informative podcast. We hope you found it enjoyable and enlightening. With over 100 books under his belt, Bill Vincent is a true master of the written word. His works are a treasure trove of knowledge and inspiration, available at all major bookstores and online platforms. So, don't miss out on the opportunity to expand your mind and be entertained. Pick up a book by Bill Vincent today.